Hey everyone, quick programming note. We have to record this podcast over Zoom because Chris's house is getting renovated. So it's not our usual quality of recording, but the quality of chat is brilliant. Enjoy. Welcome to Two for None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen, and with me, the delightful, the man, the myth, the legend, Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, what a draw. What a long, boring, extended draw. Do you know what, though, Pat? Um, g'day, Pat. G'day, listeners. Um, I thought it was actually rather zen-like. Like, mm-hmm. why would you download the Headspace app and pay a massive subscription to get some inner peace when you could just have that test match play in the background for five days. Um, no excitement, uh, but completely soothing. I actually, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and all the quirks and, and nuances and the fact that by the 16th over on the first day, we knew we'd stuffed up. Um, so, uh, we were like three prong pace attack. One spinner, all round, a couple of overs from green. It works. Don't mess with it. And yeah, it didn't work. Um, so we've we've had the control the control experiment, and now it's time to get funky. That's that's what I think, Pat. But full credit to Pakistan. They batted amazing. Oh, didn't they, mate? Didn't they? Imam al Haq with his glasses on just batted up an absolute storm. Looked completely indefeatable at the crease, um, you know, hundreds in both innings. That's, you know, that's incredibly impressive. They, they broke a whole bunch of records for a best opening partnership against Australia. They, um, they were phenomenal. They were great. And like, yeah, Australia, we didn't manage to score a hundred. We had two blokes hit nineties. Um, everybody in the team with the exception of Alex Carey got a bowl, got to see Uzi having a bowl, Chris, that must've warmed the cockles of your heart seeing Usman out there yeah. rolling the arm over. It, it sure did. And look, I didn't actually, I didn't, I didn't get to see it live, but I was, um, reading a couple of, uh, news articles about the, the, the test. And, uh, one of the videos that popped up was, um, Usman Kawaji gets to bowl dream over commentators realize why this was a mistake (laughs) (laughs) and i just thought that was amazing i thought that was really good so you know i'm all for batsman bowling i I think that that was that in itself was entertaining in terms of getting a result um you know it always looked unlikely but i have to say um you know i think it was rob key the former english batsman who's, who's doing a bit of commentary he was pretty optimistic that there would be a result and you know i think the, the Herculean efforts actually came from the commentary box as much as, um, as much as out on the pitch because they were constantly finding new and inventive ways to convince me that there was going to be a result in this test match. Yeah, um, and to keep me entertained and engaged. Yeah, so that was great. And I'll tell you who's a really good commentator who I really enjoy is um, Wakai Yunus. Yeah, I think he's fantastic. Yeah, Wakai's got to go. Really cool. I quite liked Baz here as well. I thought Baz had a had a good bit of chat too. Um, he was he was full of some good one liners. I enjoyed his his nonsense immensely. Um, and Chris, uh, some sad news too, and something that we desperately need to address on the pod is the passing of Shane Warne at fifty two, um, the greatest leg spinner the game's ever seen. Sadly, passing away due to a heart attack um, while on on holiday in Thailand, and and a real loss. For cricket, a real loss for 
the country um, and and the international community in so many ways. You know, we haven't always agreed with everything he said on commentary, Warney, but there's no doubt that he's one of the greats of the game and changed the sport in so many ways and was sorely missed and gone before his time, Bardo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also important to, I think, to acknowledge Rod Marsh as well. Indeed. You know, we would have been talking a lot about Rod Marsh, uh, I'm sure, uh, this episode. Um, if uh, if Shane's uh, tragic death hadn't hadn't uh, happened, but um, yeah, just I mean, I, I think just on on warning, what what can you say that hasn't already been said? But you know, I think for me, I was thinking about all of his various deliveries. You know, you know, the leg spinner, the the wrong and um, you know, the googly, which is still a wrong and but you know, different phrase. Uh, you know, the top spinner, the slider, Zuta. the the flipper, um, and we never did figure out the mystery ball um so you know that that what was the mystery ball i don't i don't know no one knows but um you know there's there's been some um you know wonderful like stories i think coming out you know over the 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 last couple of days and and you know for him that was just would have been living his life but you know everybody uh, else around him has these treasured moments um you know that they've been able to share which has been which has been really cool. Like, you know, Glenn Robbins, uh, you know, TV personality was on, on television the other day and he was um, telling a story about how Shane Warne used to give, uh, you know, like motivational speeches to, to young cricketers. And he said, you know, um, whatever you do, uh, you know, the night before a game, whether it's eating a couple of pizzas or, or watching 10 movies or, you know, having an ice cream or whatever, um, you know, just do something the day before the game that makes you happy. Um, but whatever you do the day of the game, make sure you walk through the gates happy because when you're happy, good things happen. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, that is just the, 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 the tower of Shane, isn't it? You know, that's, that's just uh, warning to a T. And, you know, um, there's very few men that could inspire the great Australian singer-songwriter Paul Kelly to write a song but also the other great Australian singer-songwriter, Kevin Buddy Wilson, to write a song, um, have the subject matter be relatively similar, um, but uh, completely different, you know, and, and I think that that speaks to, you know, to the impact that he had as a, as a person. Um, you know, thinking about my favourite moment, you know, 700 test wickets to choose from, um, you know, I think we, we forget about how good his one-day career was. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many. Uh, the one that sticks out for me, and I, I don't know if it's his best wicket, but, uh, you know, it was 1997, and I, I feel like it must have been at the, the SCG or perhaps the MCG, but um, it was it was his 300th test wicket. And I just remember watching it because I was about nine years old, and um, he's bowling around the wicket to Sharks Callis, who's, yeah. you know, one of the best batsmen in the world, around the wicket, um, bowls him around his legs late in the day, and amazing delivery amazing ball completely bamboozled one of the best batsmen in the world but the thing that stuck with me was immediately after his celebration you know he looks to the heavens and just twirls his fingers you know and it's forever tattooed in my mind and i remember for about two three weeks afterwards i was going around the house looking to the heavens twirling my fingers (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah. Every look, time you threw I, a I mean, grape and caught it in your mouth, Bardo, doing the warning celebration. Absolutely. You know, he was a man who was um, equal parts um, uh, ordinary and, and extraordinary. Mm. You know, 
but his ordinariness was what made him, you know, extraordinary, I, I think. And, um, you know, for so many um, amateur athletes around the country, you know, they, it gave them hope to turn up on the weekend. Yeah. Maybe if I just have one skill, you know, what, you know, one and do it better than anybody else has ever done it in the history of the thing that, that, you know, this world might open up to me, but um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's yeah, huge, huge, huge loss. Uh, I think to the, to the world. Um, you know, you just really wanted him to do well. Mm. Um, you know, you knew he was going to do well on the cricket pitch and you wanted nothing but good things for him off the cricket pitch. Um, and I thought actually one of his finest moments recently was uh, the interview he did with Lee Sale yeah. uh, on 7.30 um, a few years ago. You, you know, and he's talking about how people have preconceived notions um, about who he was as a person and, you know, how he felt he had to live up to the legend. And, um, you know, that certainly changed my perception of, of him um, you know, and I thought, geez, you know, I think maybe we've, we've, we've all been a bit harsh here. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I wish, I wish him well, I wish his family well. Um, and, uh, yeah, just really glad that I got to live in a time when, when I saw him play. Yeah. Same here, mate. And, and my, my wicket that stands out in my mind, um, is, is kind of similar. It was against the West Indies and it was against Chanderpaul oh, yeah. on a day five and it was, it was turning a lot and, you know, he pitched this ball around the wicket. He pitched it. It would have only just landed on the on the strip. <laughs> it would have only yeah. just landed on the strip. And yeah. Chanderpaul doing his Chanderpaul thing, you know, um, shoulders squared to the to the bowler, and the ball just absolutely ripped and and would have moved about three foot to take out off stump. Yeah. And and Chanderpaul just stood there like, what are we? What is happening here? You know. And again, that iconic celebration. His the man's skill with a cricket ball was just extraordinary. Um, yeah, really I mean, I mean, something else. Incredible, incredible. You know, the ball against the, the delivery against Chandler Paul around the wicket, you know, as to a left hander. Incredible. The, the other one that I think sticks, and we could go about on this all day, but the, but the other one I, I think is worth mentioning uh, the 99 World Cup. Um, you know, Australia had their backs against the wall against South Africa. Um, you know, really not much going on. South Africa in cruise control. Um, on comes Shane Warne. Um, you know, not in the best of form at the time, but such was the the, the genius and, and the raw competitive competitiveness of the man that um, you know he comes out with an absolute wonder ball uh, against Herschel Gibbs to yeah. take out his off stump. And Herschel Gibbs had no idea. You know, and I think it might have even been you know uh, might have even been Richie Benno in commentary who who said you know he's never seen anything like that before. Um, and it was like, no, I'm really confident he has. <laughs> he has not. Few had. He, you know, yeah, yeah, that was few had. I mean, incredible. Um, yeah, we, we, we lose a champion, but again, I think really fortunate to be, have been alive at the time when he was playing. Mm. And, and, and thank, you know, thank God for YouTube, right? You know, yeah. thank God for the internet in, in many ways because we will be able to enjoy um, his legacy for, for many years to come. And, you know, we're, we're moving into the second test against Pakistan. We might see a, a, a new leg spinner uh, debut for Australia today. So um, we'll see what happens. And that's that's a really exciting turn, isn't it, Chris, that, you know, we haven't played a specialist leg spinner for 13 years, not since Bryce McGain, friend of the pod, um, who we we loved very deeply, got his test cap at, what, 36 or 37, and uh, came out and got absolutely yeah. belted to all pods. banker. <laughs> The banker, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited to see Schwepson come in. And my only thing that I'm sad about is that I think that 
if Shane had the ability, he would have loved to have handed that cap over. But it's nice to see that Allegri is getting his opportunity and a really attacking Leggy who really, you know, is is in the right spot, the right time, the right skill set, has paid his dues, is ready to go. Um, and I think it's a really yeah, exciting yeah. time for Australian cricket for that to happen. Well, that, that's right. And I think, you know, you referred to, to Bryce McGain um, earlier. You know, um, Bryce McGain was in outstanding form for Victoria and, was, you know, had had really put together a really solid string um, of, of games and was looking really good and, and it was completely justified and reasonable selection. Um, and he got absolutely um, totaled <laughs> around <laughs> no, the park. He got belted to all parts, uh, poor old Bryce. Belted to all parts. And, and he, this was a guy who was, you know, a really, really good league spinner. So I think that just shows you know, how good Warren was. Really excited finally to see hopefully Schwepson and, and, and Lyon um, work together in tandem. You know, it's been promised for a long time. You know, Jimmy Pearson, the Queensland Wicketkeeper, has come out and said that um, uh, Schwepson is, is just about close to the complete package. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, a lot of anticipation around this taboo in particular. It's, uh, as, as much anticipation as I can remember for a long time. Just hope that we keep our expectations in check. Yeah, agree, Chris. We, we can't. If, if we get, you know, um, a, a, a ball delivery or a, a, a Jacques Callis delivery or, you know, Andrew Strauss, um, you know, dismissal, that's great. But it, but understand that it may not take time. And he's, he's a different bowler too. Completely. Um, as well. So, On um, poor old Bryce times. McGain, mate. One match as in tests, one match, one innings, 108 balls, two maidens, 149 for none. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but I'm so sorry. His first class stats are amazing, though. He's got an economy of 3.4 and he's got 101 wickets at 35. So, you know, like, it really deserves a spot. Anyway, look. Um, yeah, absolutely. Completely, completely justified. Completely justified time, selection. You know, like- Just had a bad day at the office. Um, and I think we can yeah. all respect that. Um, mate, should we turn our attention to this test, just go on the first test that ended in a draw and go to our wonderful correspondents yeah. for their input. Um, would you like to hear from Alex Spinks from an Aussie perspective first, or would you like to hear from Adam Hassan with all things Pakistan first? Uh, look, I, I think uh, I'd be interested to hear what Alex has to say. You know, I'm sure if anyone can extract something from that pitch, it's it's that man. So <laughs> let's, let's see what he's got. Before we get started, Chris, what a road. What an absolute road. What a road, Bardo. What a road. Mate, councils around Australia would be proud of that strip. Uh, you know, not a, not a pothole inside. Not a pothole inside, mate. Um, you could have driven an 18-tonne truck across that. If that was the basis of a bridge, it would be there for 3,000 years, honestly. Anyway, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Board. Oh, myself. At night, I bore myself in broad daylight as I'm bored. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Boredom by A Sphinx. Well, when Cricket Australia and the PCB had hoped that the historic return of one of Cricket's money hungry three, I mean, big three, was an uneventful trip, I sincerely doubt that they wanted there to be no events fulfilling on the field. This game was barely discernible from a good sunbake to take your tan through to the rest of winter. I think I know where the old MCG drop-in pitches were sent. I... I, I should settle a bit. 
I've started a bit too high energy there, and I've left myself nowhere to go. Okay, let's start again. <sighs> Hello everyone, and welcome to a bulletin from a bored man. Australia's first tour to Pakistan in 24 years looked like it was going to start well. The Australian players were at pains to talk about how uneventful their trip was, how eventful their stay had been thus far, and how uneventful they were expecting the rest of the trip to be. But they weren't meant to be talking about the cricket. Usa. Usa. You think Spinks got a bit frustrated with his test match, butter? Yeah, yeah. Look, he's clearly had a different reaction to what I had. <laughs> I don't uh, think he found the same amount of zen in it that you did, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think it quite bought him that same level of inner peace that you found from what it wasn't quite. The, it wasn't. It wasn't quite the beautiful background noise to um, start to set your day to. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the single most mind-numbing waste of fuck. I was looking forward to this. I really really was. Made sure all my housework was done. Made sure all my gigs would finish by three so I could get home in time, plonk myself on the couch, and just watch Shaheen Sharafridi and Nassim Shah bowl really quick on Pakistan's traditionally best pitch for bowlers, and... This happened. South Africa were just there. Just there. A month ago. No team crossed 300 then. But, 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 but what the hell happened between now and then? Did they tar the pitch? Imam Ulhaq scored nearly 300 there by himself, with twin centuries. Australia had their worst bowling performance of all time. Wow. It's the eighth worst bowling average for an entire test, both teams included, ever. And the proof for that is that the only Australian players who didn't bowl in the third innings were the keeper and David Warner. <sighs> I really don't think these statistics should be recorded. The Autobahn has more variance in character than whatever the absolute fuck. Hello everyone, and welcome to an update from N Sphinx. Australia remains undefeated in the Women's World Cup thus far, game on Sunday pending. Australia continued with the national pastime of pasting England all around the park in Hamilton, scoring 310 with Rachel Haynes nabbing a runner-ball 100. And then they followed that up with the absolute thrashing of Pakistan, you're watching fellas, on Tuesday with Alyssa Healy finding some missing touch with the bat and the recently debuted Alana King continuing a great start to her career with two wickets and an economy of 2.66 from her nine overs. It's amazing how fun cricket is to watch when you don't play on concrete. Anyway. <laughs> Now that the Australia v Pakistan batting practice is over, I'm looking forward to the first test in Karachi. Peace out. Yeah, I don't think he found that um that inner peace, that calm, Chris, that brought you so much joy about this test. I mean, it was it was a grind, huh? Like, man. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, uh. It- it was definitely a settler for the nerves. And I think that that's what I, I, I got out of it. You know, I think after the ashes, you know, it was, we, the ashes was all action all the time. Yeah. You, you know, um, this was more kind of your Tibetan bowls. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if, if the ashes were the sex pistols, 
this was yeah this was tibetan bowls or like you know what's the is it georgian throat singing oh yeah, Mon- they, yeah georgian mongolian throat singing yeah that, well, well yeah we need to check that but you know the one we, what i'm talking about where they like you know they make the deep throat oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah yeah this was enya yeah i was about it to say a, this is yeah. It was real. Yeah. It was really new advice. What I will say, Chris, is that it's not a great, it was not a great advertisement for the game, right? Like it was yeah. like, I, I, and I, I want to temper this statement by saying that Abdullah Shafiq and Imam Ulhaq, especially Imam Ulhaq, who, as Spinksy said, nearly made 300, made that against Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, Green, Lion, right? Like, and that that, regardless of any pitch in the world, I'm still not going to want to face that attack. Like that in itself, the achievement of that is not to be underestimated. But yeah, as a spectacle to watch, it was difficult to enjoy. And the other thing, that, and I'm, I'm hoping Adam talks about this, the other thing that I that got to me, Chris, was the horns. It was reminiscent of the Vuvuzelas uh, in South Africa. Yeah, I, I thought they were Vuvuzelas. I, don't know, I think I, if not that, then something very similar. And I, mate, between that and the forward defenses, I was just like, come on, please, let's get some action here. So I'm hoping we get to Karachi. And even if we get rolled for 50, I'm hoping it's a Bunsen burner. I'm hoping it rips and turns. I'm hoping it like puffs from day one and, and there's action and excitement and, and, and challenge here. Um, I, I would argue, Chris, that our batters um, primarily got themselves out. You know, like um, mm. Numan Ali bowled well, but the way that mm. a lot of our batters dealt with him was pretty, like Smith's shot that got caught behind was pretty dumb. Was he going for the reverse sweep when he's on 97? Like, what is what are you, what are you doing, bud? Yeah. Hey, bud, what are you yeah. doing? Well, the, the reverse sweep is a pretty... In in Usman's defence, reverse sweep is a pretty strong part of his arsenal against against the spinners. Usually, um, but I do agree that yeah, look, we were both teams batted fine. Um, I think, but but Pakistan clearly batted better. Agree. Um, you know, and I think um, you know if we look at the tests that's going on in in the West Indies at the moment, you know, um, e- England aren't rolling the West Indies here. No. Uh, you know, so I think when we look at how um, comprehensive the Ashes victory was, I think now that we're seeing a pretty, actually pretty entertaining test match between the Windies and, and England, we can kind of see where England really are, mm. uh, you know, in terms of their, uh, their test match status. Because I don't think anyone's going to go around and say that the West Indies is one of the great test match uh, teams in the world at the moment. But here they are locking horns with England and in a reasonable position to uh, to claim victory, um, depending on how the next day or two goes. So we may not be as far ahead as what we think, um, and particularly in conditions that don't suit us. And I think even though it was a draw, for mine, clearly advantage Pakistan moving into the second test. 100%, Chris. You know, I don't, I don't need to see a dust bowl uh, you know, just hopefully a pitch that gives something, a bit of assistance to the bowlers mm. because without it, you know, clearly uh, the batsmen on both sides are good enough to navigate whatever's thrown at them because, you know, Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark uh, are no mugs. My other question is, Pat, what does David want after to do to get a bowl? <laughs> 
I've seen him bowl leg spin. Like it's yeah. not the worst. I've seen him bowl seam up. His mediums aren't bad either. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe protecting his hammy or something. I mean, what does Alex Carey have to do to get a bowl, Chris? What a great time for Alex Carey to go and bowl some offies and want to take the gloves. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, Cameron Green, I thought looked pretty good for his 48. Like he was pretty um, tentative at the start, and he really found his way through. Would have been nice to see him get the half century there. It was great to see Smith get some form again. Um, even though the shot that he yeah. got out to wasn't great. But we were talking a bit about him before in our last episode, and Adam was saying that he doesn't, he thinks he's on a downward slope. And it was great to see Smith there doing all of his business and, you know, on a pitch where they can't really get up and get into his face um, with some short stuff and being able to work the field and play all of his shots was was great to see. Manus obviously batted really well for 90, looked really good, should have got a ton. Um you think Alex Carey's under a bit of pressure, Bardo, from, from Josh Inglis on the sidelines there? Hasn't been batting super well. Yeah. I made a mistake or two with the gloves. What do you think? Yeah, t- tough one. It's, and it's not as if this was a um, a, a pitch with, with a bunch of demons in it. Yeah. Um, look, I think he's, you, you, you should be uh, – we should be able to afford him a bit of time uh, to – to make some runs. I think a wicketkeeper is one of those positions where, uh, you know, as long as you're performing your primary function and scoring a reasonable amount of runs, then, then you're okay. I mean, clearly, as we just said, it's been a rough start. Mm. But this is a guy that knows how to bat, you know, we, and we've seen that in the short form of the game. It's, it's not foreign to him, um, and he is a good wicketkeeper. Um, but, you know, depth and, and pressure for spots, it's, it's not a bad thing. So uh, hopefully pulls it together. Um, and no, no better time to start than, than today. So Yeah, you're not wrong there, mate. Um, should we hear from Adam Hassan? Let's do it. Yeah, he is, folks. Our Pakistan correspondent, the one and only Adam Hassan. Well, that was a disappointment. After all the hype, all the build-up, a combination of rain, bad light and a flat pitch meant that only 14 wickets were taken across five days as the match petered out to a dull draw. Not quite what we were hoping for. Having said that, Pakistan will definitely feel the happier of the two sides coming out of this match. Azharali scored a brilliant 185 in the first innings, and there were maiden centuries for Abdullah Shafiq and also Imam al-Haq, who went on to score twin tons. The Aussies, on the other hand, all failed to reach three figures, with both Khawaja and Labashain falling in the 90s. It may seem like a small thing, but those milestones really do play a big role in a player's confidence and self-belief, especially in foreign conditions. So it was very significant that Pakistan succeeded in preventing any of the Australian batters from reaching three figures, especially on such a docile wicket. I'm just going to hold you there, Adam, and say, I don't know about prevented. I mean, here here I am picking it, picking it scabs here, Chris. Here I am, bloody Mm. (laughs) splitting hairs. I think think you could safely argue that um, minus maybe... Oh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe Adam's right. How do you feel about that? Do you think they were prevented or do you think the Australians prevented themselves? Uh, look, again, I, I think it was definitely advantage Pakistan. I mean, they they, they clearly, you know, batted better than we did, uh, lost fewer wickets. Um, and, you know, clearly they bowled better than we did in, yeah. in the conditions. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, they bowled us out. They bowled us out. They, so. the day, they, they bowled us out. So mistakes or no mistakes, um, you know, I would hope that, that you would say that we we got ourselves out because Australia got themselves out because you know that's remit that's fixable um, in in the next test. But uh, 
yeah, at the end of the day, I think I think Pakistan have I've got the wood on us at the moment. Yeah. No, all right, fair call. Back to Adam. Another positive was the bowling of Naman Ali, who finished with an impressive six wickets on such a difficult pitch for the bowlers. One man who didn't have quite such an impact, however, was Fawad Alam, who didn't bat or bowl in the match, and whose most memorable contribution was dropping Kawaja at gully when he was on 22. He'll definitely be hoping for better returns in the second test in Karachi. And looking ahead to that match, some good news for Pakistan, as Hassan Ali, Fahim Ashraf and Haris Ralph are all back in contention for selection, with Hassan and Fahim likely to replace Naseem Shah and Iftikhar Ahmed. It looks like the pitch in Karachi is likely to favour the spinners, as Australia have opted to hand leg spinner Mitchell Swepson his debut to play as a second spinner alongside Nathan Lyon. And speaking of Australian wrist spinners, it would be remiss of me not to touch on the tragic passing of Shane Warne. I actually met Shane Warne eight years ago in 2014 when I was 12. He was running a net session I took part in in the indoor nets at Lords. And for that hour, he was incredible. He was so warm and generous and friendly and engaging. And I remember the passion in his eyes when he spoke about spin bowling. And you could just see that seven years on from his international retirement, there was a man who still loved his craft and wanted to share his talent and his skills and his knowledge with the world and with future generations. And the impact he had on young cricketers and young spinners in particular cannot be understated. For me, I was too young to have really seen him bowl, but I'd heard the stories and the legacy he left behind him in cricket inspired so many. I'd actually say he was one of my biggest inspirations as a young spinner. And for me to be saying that about someone who retired before I even really started watching or playing cricket, I mean, it says it all really. Just such a great player, such a great thinker, such a great entertainer. And from having met him, such a great person as well. Rest in peace, Warney. Thank you, Adam. That's a beautiful tribute to the man there. And and lovely to hear how much of an impact that he had and, and the man's passion for the game long into his retirement, Chris. It's not surprising, but it's really heartwarming to hear that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as we mentioned earlier, these moments, you know, an hour for Adam meant, meant the world. But that's just Warney doing his day job, yeah. you know, getting up and, and doing what he would have done every day. And I think it just speaks to the impact that he would have had on millions of people across the world. And, and I think, you know, particularly here in Australia, we're obviously quite focused on, you know, and, and cognizant of the impact that he had with us. But this is a man that transcended um, borders, you know, mm. boundaries, cultures. Um, so, yeah, amazing, you know, amazing stuff. Um, just on just on Adam's point there about Hassan Ali, you know, coming in, uh, you, we talked about last episode, Australia really had to get off to a hot start because uh, if Pakistan got some ins coming, it was going to be tough. And, you know, Hassan Ali, he, he's no mug, Pat. He's uh, got a test average of 21 and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, 72, 72 wickets from um, not many games, 17 from 17 games. So they only get stronger as the series goes along. Yeah, I uh, and Australia spent five days in in what I assume is is fairly muggy, hot conditions. Um, so bowled a lot of overs too. I though. hope bowled a lot of overs, bowled a lot of overs, chasing the ball around. Um, Pakistan gets fresh legs; they get arguably get an upgrade um, in their bowling stocks. 
So we're going to have a bit of work to do. Uh, we're going to find out a bit, a bit about the character of the Australian team, I think, in the uh, in the coming days. And um, that'll be interesting to watch. That'll be very, very interesting uh, to watch. Uh, I'm not sure how we how how we how we're going to take wickets, but um, you know clearly the talk is that Hazelwood's going to miss. So we're obviously going for we're prioritising movement over line and length. Um, I hope that's the right thing. Yeah, I hope so too, Bardo. I hope so too. Bardo, I'm I'm absolutely with you there, mate. I think it's going to be it's going to be a real challenge this last test and. You know, like as much as I was saying before, I'd love to see a dust bowl. I just want to see a really good contest between bat and ball. I think I think that's what we lacked at Royal Pindy, mm. and I was I was sad about that. You know, mate, it's the home of the Royal Pindy Express. It's the home of Shah Bakhtar. Um, and it was it was a bit sad to see that. And look, like I think the test the pitch has since been rated not poor but like below average, um, which I think is is probably fair. And I'm hoping that when we go down to Karachi, um, that we see a lot more of that of that contest, mate. Uh, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, well, interesting. You know, like Imam Al-Haq came out in the press yesterday and said, you know, that um, the Royal Pindy pitch was constructed the way it was in order to nullify Australia's pace attack and to suit Pakistan's advantage, which I think it probably did. His argument was, well, we managed to bowl Australia out and, and take 10 wickets and they weren't good enough to do it. And, and or, you know, approximately 70 overs were lost due to bad light. And he felt that if those 70 overs had been played, they would have made Australia bat again and, and would have gone on to win the game. So mm. perhaps we're too quick to judge. I'm not sure. But hopefully, uh, you know, for our sake, because it was a little bit more bite in the pitch, I think uh, an attack consisting of uh, Cummins, Stark, Lyon, Swepson is interesting. Yeah. You know, we'll... As I said, we've prioritised movement uh, over over line and length. So I think you know Cummins is going to have to do uh, the, the lion's share of the bowling there. He's, you know he's, he's going to be relied upon to to form the backbone of the attack. I could see him bowling a lot of overs. Uh, hopefully Cameron Green's given the ball a little bit earlier as well. I thought he actually bowled quite well uh, when he was given the opportunity. I don't think he was given the chance to bowl enough. So hopefully we can get him the ball nice and early and and, and see what he can do because I think he's high. Uh, again, it's something that uh, may not have been dealt with by the Pakistanis before. So there's opportunities. You know, if nothing else, we got a we got a ton of batting practice in Royal Pindi. Um, you know, <laughs> great to get out there and get a hit, hey, Chris. Great to get out there great, and get everyone to, to have a hit. That's what we love that. You know, we everyone everyone got some action. You know, Steve Smith got plenty of time at the crease. Hopefully, he's figured out a few few of the bugs that were in the system. Uh, and uh, you know, everyone made runs. So. Um, and part of the crowds love it too. As much as I'm complaining about the the Vuvuzela or Vuvuzela adjacent tunes coming out of there, the crowds bloody loved it. Everyone was pumped, um, and it was great to see that stadium pretty packed out for all five days, even in such a test that was such a grind. Like that's that's a huge benefit too, right? Like you know the the impact of the and the signs, Chris. The signs from from the 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 crowd were great. Yeah. There was one that some bloke had that said, um, "Watch out for Manus. He says no run and then gets a hundred. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah, you know? that was great. That was great. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah. to see so more look- of that when we when we head to Karachi this afternoon. And I'm excited for Mitch Swepson to make his debut, sure. mate. That's going to be a real dream. I think my prediction B train of one nil Australia is still on the cards. I wouldn't rule it out yet, but I might be being enthusiastic, still, but I wouldn't rule it out. No, no, no. It's still on the cards. Still on the cards. I, I still think it's going to be a Pakistan series 
victory. But we're nil all. At the end of the day, we, we hit reset and we go again. So uh, let's see. You never know what happens and what's around the corner in Test Match Cricket. So I'm excited. Ain't that the bloody truth. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, folks. We'll be back after the next Test Match to wrap up all of the action. Bardo, thanks so much for being with me, big man. Any final thoughts from you before we start? Uh, well, you know, uh, just uh, to not judge the thoughts that come into your head, Pat. You know, just just let notice them and let them pass. Uh, <laughs> You know, breathe in, breathe out, and enjoy the cricket. Hey, beautiful, Bardo, beautiful. Delete your calm app, folks. Watch, watch the Royal Pindy Test instead. Thanks so much, Petra. You're the best. I'll see you in a couple of days. All right, cheers, Bardo. Thanks, Thanks mate. Bye. Two for None is created and presented by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. Big thanks to Adam Hassan and Chris Barty for joining me on the show, as well as the great Alex Spinks for his excellent interjection. No additional clips or music was used in this episode, but all clips and music is used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license OL2028. Hey, make sure you check us out on Facebook, and you can always email us at gingersnapsydney at gmail.com, especially if you'd like to be our West Indies or Bangladesh correspondent. Two for None is produced by Ginger Snap Productions. Check out our other show, The Isocast, and your podcatcher, and make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe to all our podcasts. Tell a friend about our podcast. We'll be back after the second test to go through all the action from Pakistan. In the meantime, go those Aussies.